What is up, my dudes? Welcome back to another episode of Olympia Oddities. I'm Trista, even though I'm really inconsistent with introducing myself on my podcast. Um, at least now you know who I am, if you didn't already. Pre-show notes for this week? Nothing other than I got a microphone, in case you couldn't tell already. Um, it's kind of a learning curve, because I don't really know anything about sound, and I don't know anything about microphones. I tried it out on Snapchat earlier, and it worked perfect, just like a dream. And then I tried it in Anchor earlier, and I was having a little bit more difficulty with it, just being poppy. Um, So we're gonna see how it goes. Uh, Thanks for being patient. I'm learning. Um, You know, it's just a learning curve. We'll get there. We'll get there. So I'm really excited. Maybe excited is the wrong word to use, but I think that the topic that we're talking about today is very interesting, and I've been interested in it for probably like when the news actually came out about like when it started because I remember when this all started. It's definitely creepy and it's really good for like this time of year. We're going into Halloween, you know, I kind of wanted to give you guys something spooky. So today, we're going to be talking about the Salish Sea feet mystery. The Salish Sea spans 500 miles of coastline, with one end being good old Olympia, Washington, and the other end being Desolation Sound in British Columbia, Canada, which should definitely be the name of a record label if it isn't already. Since 2007, 21 human feet, most of them still wearing shoes, have been found along its shoreline. Today, we're going to be talking about the gruesome discoveries of these feet, as well as some of the possible explanations and theories as to who and where they might have come from. Historically, there are a couple accounts of this happening before the re-emergence of foot discoveries in 2007. In 1887, a leg and a boot washed up on a Vancouver beach. This led to the place it was discovered being called Leg and a Boot Square. Now just imagine having like a full life, a career, a family. You worked hard to be a good man. And then at the end of the day, when you're long gone, people are like, Hey, this guy's leg washed up on a shore. Let's call it leg in a boot square. (laughs) I don't know. That was like some much needed humor that I found while researching this. And when you've been reading about just Tarantino levels of just feet media the past couple weeks, I needed something to laugh at, you know? On July 30th, 1914, the Vancouver Sun reported that a leg in a tall boot had been found on the beach near the mouth of the Salmon River. It was discovered that they were the remains of a man who had drowned on the river the previous summer. Alright, my mic was popping too much, so we're just going back to my phone until I can figure out how to make that work. Um, sorry about that. Uh, back in modern day, or a little bit closer to modern day, on August 20th, 2007, a girl from Washington State was visiting Canada and was walking along the beach of Jedediah Island in British Columbia. She picked up a size 12 men's blue and white Adidas shoe and was horrified to discover a man's foot inside when she poked around inside the sock. Authorities were notified, and the media jumped all over the unusual story. Media and the general public would become even more invested in the story, when on August 26, 2007, another foot was found on Gabriola Island. It was the right foot of a man, still inside a size 12 white Reebok. This style of shoe was produced in 2004 and sold worldwide, but primarily in North America. It has since been discontinued. The discovery caught the media's attention so rapidly because another weird foot in a shoe was odd enough, but this one was an entirely different shoe than the first, meaning that at least two bodies were out there and missing feet at this point. 
Three more feet would be found before the story was picked up and spread by international media, such as the Melbourne Herald Sun, The Guardian, and the Cape Times in South Africa. The third foot was found on February 8, 2008 on Valdez Island, BC. It was a right foot in a men's size 11 Nike. The fourth discovery was a woman's right foot, still wearing a sock and blue and white New Balance sneaker. It was discovered on May 22, 2008 on Kirkland Island, BC. The fifth was found on June 26, 2008 on Westham Island, BC by a pair of hikers. It was a man's left foot and was identified as being a match to foot number three, the one found on Valdez Island. The remains were identified as belonging to a 21-year-old man from Surrey who had been reported missing four years earlier. His death was ruled not suspicious by authorities, indicating either an accident or a suicide. The identity of the first foot was also discovered, and it had belonged to a missing man who had suffered from depression. Word of the discovery of these feet spread around the world, and theories began to pop up. Could some of these be the work of a serial killer? A few had been identified, but there were still others that were a complete mystery of who and where they came from. On August 1st, 2008, a sixth foot would be discovered. This was the first one found in Washington, near Fist, a town that I've never heard of before. A camper walking the beach had found a right foot inside a men's black size 11 sneaker. Since this foot was so close to the international border, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and Kalam County Sheriff's Department agreed on August 5th that the foot could have been carried south from Canadian waters. On November 11th, 2008, a woman's foot was found floating in the Fraser River near Richmond, BC. DNA tests revealed that the seventh foot was a genetic match for foot number four. They had belonged to a woman who had jumped Paltulo Bridge in New Westminster in April 2004. The eighth foot was found on October 27, 2009, again in Richmond, BC. It was a right foot in a size 8.5 Nike running shoe. The foot was identified as belonging to a Vancouver man who went missing in January of 2008. The ninth was found almost a year later, on August 27, 2010. It was found on Whidbey Island in Washington. This one was without a shoe and was either a woman's or a child's foot. The foot was estimated to have been in the water for about two months before its discovery. Island County Sheriff's Office tested the foot for DNA, but no match was found in the National DNA Database. A few months later, another foot would be found in Washington. The tenth was discovered on a tidal flat in Tacoma, a right foot inside a small boy's size 6 Ozark Trail hiking boot. This foot could have belonged to a small adult or a child. The next year, on August 30th, 2011, a leg bone and foot were found in a men's size 9 blue and white sneaker. It was discovered in False Creek, BC and had been floating next to the Port of Nations Marina. On November 4th, 2011, a group of campers discovered a man's right foot inside of a size 12 hiking boot while camping at Sassamit Lake in BC. In January 2012, this foot was identified by the BC coroner's office as that of St Stefan Zaharojo a local fisherman who went missing in 1987. The 13th foot was found near Lake Union in Seattle. It was a leg bone and foot inside of a black plastic bag, which is a little suspicious to me that this one wasn't in a shoe, but was instead inside of a bag. And it had been discovered under the Ship Canal Bridge on December 10th, 2011. The cause of death and the identity of the remains remains unknown. The 14th was discovered in Vancouver, BC on January 26, 2012. It was inside of a hiking boot and had been 
discovered in the sand along the waterline of a dog park, which makes me think that someone's dog, like, found it and brought it to them, which is just, like, ugh, horrifying. Two years would pass until the next discovery. On May 6, 2014, a foot inside of a white New Balance sneaker was found in Centennial Park in Seattle. Two more years would pass until the discovery of a foot. The 16th was found on February 7th, 2016, on Vancouver Island, BC, by some hikers walking along the Botanical Beach. It was much like the others found, with a sock and foot still nestled inside the shoe. The 17th would wash up a few days later, February 12th, on Vancouver Island, and the British Columbia Coroner's Office determined that it was a match to the one that had been found close by just a few days earlier. On December 8th, 2007, remains of a human leg with a shoe attached were found near the Jordan River on Vancouver Island. The 19th would be found on Gabriola Island, BC on May 6, 2018. A man walking the beach had found it stuck in a log jam. The most recent discoveries of feet are number 20 and 21. Number 20 was found in September 2018 in West Vancouver, BC. It was a light gray Nike with a blue sock inside and presumed to be worn by a man. The most recent discovery was on January 1st, 2019. What a great way to start the new year, am I right? When a foot was found in a boot on Jetty Island in Everett, Washington. It has since been identified as belonging to Antonio Neal, who had been missing since December 12th, uh, 2016. So now that we've covered the very long list of foot discoveries, let's get into some of the theories that surround the feet. Though some of the identities of who these feet have belonged to have been discovered, some are still unknown. This, along with the creepy way that the feet seemingly just showed up one day and then didn't stop coming, has led some to think that they may be the work of a serial killer or mass murderer. Some have theorized that they may have come from victims of boat or plane crashes over the Pacific Ocean. Others think that the devastating tsunami that hits Japan is the source of these feet. In reality, the most likely explanation is a little bit more mundane, but still incredibly interesting. When, a hum when human remains end up in water, they naturally disarticulate or come apart at the joints. Feet easily disarticulate, and when they are attached to a flotation device such as a running shoe, they are easily washed ashore, explained Gail Anderson, co-creator of the Center for Forensic Research at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia. Notice that there are no feet washing ashore in stiletto heels or flip-flops. Today's running shoes are much more buoyant than the past. The shoes also keep the remains secured and safe from any crabs or other sea creatures, which instead eat away at the ankle, disarticulating the feet from the body even faster. In a 2016 study, Gail Anderson used pig carcasses to replicate how a human body would decompose in the Salish Sea. It had previously been thought that a body could stay intact for weeks or even months, but they found that the large amount of aquatic life supported by these waters could turn a carcass into bones in less than four days. As for why the feet have been found in greater numbers more recently, it's a combination of things. Sneakers today are made out of a super light foam and mesh, helping them float easier and for longer distances. The amount of articles and stories published about the phenomenon raised the general public's awareness of the feet and made people more likely to investigate when they found a shoe along the beach. As for why it happens in this area, the Puget Sound creates a current that goes out from the Strait of Juan de Fuca, which will always make me laugh, into the ocean. This prevents things from the ocean making their way inwards, but traps objects that originated in the area, eventually pushing them to the shore. 
It's theorized that the feet have come from missing people who either had an unfortunate accident and their body ended up in a river or ocean, or people who ended up succumbing to mental illness and committing suicide. Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. I'm really excited about the next episode I have coming out for you guys. It's about a killer from, obviously, the Pacific Northwest area that I don't think that many people know about. So I'm really excited to deep dive into that one and share that story with you guys. If you want to support the podcast, feel free to leave me a positive review, um, tell one of your friends, or you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Olympia Oddities Podcast. I just recently set up a Twitter for the podcast. It's at Olympia Oddities. And my personal Instagram is Trista Jean and my personal Twitter is at MKUlta underscore. If you want to follow me there, you don't have to. (laughs) Thank you and keep in mind that your romantic long walks on the beach might be a little bit different in the Pacific Northwest. Until next time, friends.